Alright, here we are. Here. <laughs> Alright. Here we are. You sound like those old timey radios, like, and here we are, back with WXPQR. Yeah. <laughs> Next step on the Saturday countdown is the Beach Boys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, hey everybody, I'm Latara. Hi, I'm Laura. And this is. Passions Podcast. Welcome back to our listeners who are listening to this. Who, those of you who have listened to 31 episodes and are now on the 32nd episode of this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for your dedication. Seriously. We have an audience. That's like a solid audience. Crazy to me. <laughs> so we It's lo- amazing. We love you. Thank you so much. They're yeah. like interacting on social media yeah sending us fucking emails listening to us talk about things listen to us talk about like a dumb show (laughs) a dumb show that i that i love i love it i I, like can't i love that we have found this like niche market i i just yeah i'm obsessed with it anyway it's great so today what are we talking about episodes 55 and 56 yes i can't believe we've done this 54 times about to be 55 times yeah what is that? It's a vine. I have no <laughs> it's like a YouTube video of this guy. His friend like pranks him or like hits him in the back of the head or something like that. And he doesn't get mad. He just looks back and goes, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I'll have to show it to you. I'll have to show it to you later, but it's hilarious. I'm going to do that whenever somebody like hurts me, like emotionally. I'm, I can't believe you've done this. You have to do the British accent. I though. can't believe you've done this. That's one of my favorite lines in The Sound of Music when Mother Abbas looks at Maria and says, what is it you can't face? <laughs> but because of her accent, it sounds like she's calling Maria a, a cunt, cunt face. <laughs> what is it you can't face? <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. Well, we've already, we're, we're already off the rails. Yeah. So, episode 55 of Passions opens at Tabitha's house where Timmy has gone out to the front porch to pick up today's newspaper. He brings it back inside, opens it up, and promptly goes, Oh, no! <laughs> Tabby, you gotta wake up! Get up, Tabitha! And she won't wake up. I forgot that she had a little moment and, like, passed out on the floor and green ooze smoke stuff came out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten about that completely. Yep. So, Tabitha won't wake up. And Timmy keeps trying, and he goes, well, it works in the fairy tales. I guess I could give it a try. And Lotar goes, oh, no, is he going to kiss her? <laughs> and then he leans over and kisses her on the forehead, which is actually really sweet. sweet. Yeah. But, yeah, the idea of him kissing her, like, on the mouth was very yeah. disturbing. Weird. Thank you for not doing that. Yeah, passions. it was cute. It turned out cute. It was sweet. It was cute. Mm-hmm. And she wakes up. It worked. And he says... Timmy's princess is coming back to life. Yeah. And then once she's awake, she sees the thing in the newspaper. She's like, ah, I gotta take care of charity. Mm-hmm. But she can't. She can't. And I think it's worth mentioning the headline in the newspaper that alarms Timmy and that gets Tabitha so riled up is mother missing, daughter saved. So we know that charity is, you know, in the hospital and we know that we don't know where Faith is. So Tabitha's like, God damn it. <laughs> How many times do I have to do this? Yeah, and so she's trying to get back to it, but old girl has no powers left. Mm-mm. Like, And she feels faint, and she's like, oh, I gotta sit down. And then Timmy calls for a witch doctor. <laughs> what the fuck was <laughs> this? This was Latara. amazing. I'm what thinking... was this? Okay, I'm gonna tell you what it was. Explain. So Timmy calls for a witch doctor, and then... Dr. Bombay materializes. And if you've ever watched Bewitched, 
he's a character in Bewitched. And the name Tabitha is also in Bewitched. They're, that's their daughter. The, they they have a daughter. The witch, the main witch in Bewitched. Yeah. Uh, the fuck is her name? I, I've I've seen it a couple I know times the husband's when I was a name kid is, and I can't remember. I know the husband's name is Darren, but I can't remember what the, the, the Bewitched character. Samantha. Samantha's her name. Okay. Um, yeah, Samantha and Darren and then her mom's in Dora. And I figured it out because... Uh, Timmy says to Tabitha when Dr. Bombay shows up, she's like, he helped Samantha and Endora. And, and I was like, oh, Bewitched. And she was watching Bewitched earlier in the series. Yeah. She was watching Bewitched and she was like talking to the characters as if she knew them. Oh. So I wonder if she's that, their Tabitha. She must I be. I don't know. But she's 300 years old. And Darren's a human. It doesn't make any sense. Uh. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, that guy, that's Dr. Bombay from... Bewitched. And okay. so, so anyway, Dr. Bombay shows up, <laughs> materializes in like trying, a bear cap. They're trying to do like a, um, like a Marvel universe where like all these stories like are interacting separately, but have ties that like carry them They together. all live in one universe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. apparently Tabitha lives in the Bewitched universe. Okay. Um, this show takes place in the same universe as Bewitched, okay. I guess. Great. I don't know. But Dr. Bombay shows up, and he's like, Tabitha, Tabitha, you evil thing. If I had known it was you, I wouldn't have even materialized. <laughs> and you're right. His costume was amazing. It was like something <laughs> out of Jumanji. It was. It was. Yeah, like if Rob, like Robin Williams in that first Jumanji showed up, he, yeah, he had. You remember the hunter in Jumanji? Who yeah, was yeah. like hunting him? Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of dressed like that. He except on, he also had on furs. Yeah, he had on like uh, like a cheetah stole. And he had on like a bear head as a hat. Yeah. He had like one of those, like those long swoopy pipe things. He had his musket. His musket, of course. <laughs> yeah, oh. so he materializes for like basically no reason. It was funny. He was supposed but to I was make confused. Tabitha better, better, but he refused, and Tabitha didn't want his help. Yeah, he was like, you know, I could have saved you when you were burning at the stake, but no. And now I wouldn't help you if you're the last witch in Hades. So their story also goes back to when she was being tried. Uh, in Salem. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of these entities that's just around. Great. Yeah. Well, I hope he comes back. He disappears with the he, sound of a thunderclap. Yep, he materialized and... And dematerialized. As quick, very quickly. So, Tabitha has no powers, mm. right? Right. So what she decide? Well, she says the only way to get her powers back is to take a trip down to the basement. Yep. And what does she find in the basement? Absolutely nothing. They're gone. Her demon buddies are gone. Where'd they go? We don't know. She said they must have abandoned me because I failed. Yeah. They're displeased, she says. And then she's like, I have to think of a way to gain their favor back. And I guess the way she's decided to do this is to go to the hospital and snuff out Charity. She's going to kill Charity. So we get a new Tabitha costume. <sighs> Love it. I like this one. This one was one. really nice. Yeah. This one was good. She looks really good, too. Yeah. She's got, like, short, curly gray hair and a little nurse's costume with, like, the scrubs and the, the little hat and everything. She looks great. Yep. She's dressed up like a nurse from, like, the 50s. Because <laughs> yeah. nurses don't dress like that anymore. But she's dressed up like a nurse. And she says to Timmy, she's like, th- her being in the hospital presents me with a great opportunity to get her the old-fashioned way. And then she <laughs> takes a pillow and she says, I'll show you. And she puts it over Timmy's <laughs> face. And he's like, mm, mm, 
<laughs> she's like suffocating Timmy. He's a doll, so he can't die. I but know. He, I was going to ask, can he? Does he need air to survive? Because he's a doll. He's he, a sentient doll. Right. I mean, yeah. No, I don't think. So she takes the pillow, and so that's what she's going to do. Basically, she's going to go to the hospital and smother Charity. Yeah. That's her plan. All right. Moving All right. right along here. Should we go to the hospital in the morning and come back to the hospital in the, in the afternoon? Or should we? Yeah, let's go over to the hospital. There's not much going on at the hospital. Yeah. But let's go over to the hospital. What's happening there? Miguel is at Charity's bedside. And he's just, like, watching over her, saying, please wake up, yada, yada, yada. Kay is watching through the window, like the hospital window. And she says, what does he see in her? <laughs> she's so, she's so awful. And Simone is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Simone's like, well, she's pretty and she's nice. And Kay's like, I'm those things too. And Simone's like, well, the first one. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you're pretty, but, but you're not nice. You're not nice. And she goes, you hope that Charity dies so that you can have Miguel, don't you? Lord. And then they have a whole little conversation Uh about Charity dying. And Kay says some predictably terrible things. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, she talks about, like, what she'll wear at Charity's funeral. She's like, well, I do have that one black dress. That would be great. I could wear a beautiful black veil. I could console Miguel and look so pretty. And Simone's like, oh, my God, you're so awful. And by you not telling your mom about that you figured out who hit that who charity was, you kind of caused all of this. Mm-hmm. And Kay's like, no, I didn't. I didn't start the fire that her mom is probably dead in and that probably is killing her now. Like Kay didn't start, start the, the fire. fire. I thought that as soon as <laughs> she said it. She didn't start the fire, but she certainly didn't try to put it out. No. She, well, she didn't do shit. She's awful. She's she, horrible. She didn't light the match. But she, she, whatever. We already know what she did. Kay's terrible. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Like, literally, she didn't have to start. If if she had just said something when she knew what was going on, they may not have ever even ended up in that fire. Yeah. Right? Like, it's likely they wouldn't have because yeah. it was the middle of the day. She could have shown Charity a picture. Charity, you know, would have seen it and been like, that's my, tw- that's my mom's twin. Yep. They would have reunited immediately. It yep. was the middle of the day, so Faith wouldn't have been scared of coming over to Harmony. Or Faith and Sam, or Grace and Sam could have gone out to yep. Castleton. You know, like, there's, whatever. Yeah, no, this is Kay's fault. <laughs> Mostly. I mean, a lot of it's Tabitha, too, but Kay helped. Kay had Kay a hand in it. A Kay lot. had a hand in it. Yeah, so, what happens? So, the girls are kind of arguing, and Miguel comes out. And somehow doesn't overhear that they're talking about him. May, I, I, maybe he's just so overwhelmed and emotional and exhausted that he just doesn't want to deal with it. So he just pretends not to hear. Well, the way he came, when he came out, she was at the very tail end of that sentence. And they were on the other side of the lake. Oh, okay. The hallway or whatever. Yeah. So she says, like, why shouldn't Miguel be mine or something like that? Mm-hmm. And he comes out right as, like, be mine, she says. Sure. You know what I mean? So he doesn't know everything. And also, I'm sure he's, like, not interested. Yeah. You know, he's got a lot going on. So I I got why he didn't, under, didn't hear that, even mm-hmm. though they tried to set it up to make us think that maybe, <gasps> did he overhear how mm-hmm. awful right. Kay is? But he didn't. Right. Well, he comes into, I guess, the waiting room area. They're not really in the waiting room. They're, like, no, in the hallway. Just like in the hallway, yeah. And he's like, you know, it's it's getting late. You should probably go to school. 
Kay's like, well, why don't you come with us? Like, I don't, you shouldn't miss your classes. He's like, no, I'm going to stay here, but do me a favor, pick up my assignments, and, you know, I'll get it done later. And she's like, well, in the afternoon, I'll come over, and we can work on stuff together. And he's like, no, nah, I'd rather do it by myself. Like, she just keeps trying to insert herself. Mm-hmm. And he very nicely keeps telling her, no, thank you. And she will not take the hint. Yeah. She won't. She This girl will not take no for an answer because she's a rapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, she's an emotional rapist. Mm-hmm. She's a physical rapist. She is horrible. Yeah. Kay is awful. I hate her. Yeah. So she did say something that kind of made my spidey senses go up, though. She was saying that her and Simone's dad went to the site to start, try and see what they could find, and she says, you know, my. My dad is, or my mom is hoping that Faith crawled into the basement and was able to escape the fire. But they, but right now she's just missing. They don't know anything. And so I'm wondering if this is going to be, oh, this character is presumed dead and then reappears many, many Many years later. later. Yeah. Yeah. Because Grace lost her memory for 20 years to a fire. So maybe Faith is going to mirror that same thing. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. They, they, I, I could be very wrong. I don't know. I don't know. So they head off to school, Simone and Kay do, and and Miguel stays there. Mm -hmm. So let's head over to the high school, shall we? Let's. Some shit's happening at this high school that should not be happening. Right. Well, it starts off well. So Whitney is late to school because she was teaching her lessons at the country club and she had had her run in with Frank this morning Ugh. right and he found that picture she doesn't know he has that picture of her and Teresa so she gets to school she asks for a late pass from the lady in the front office she gives her a pass she goes to class right then Frank comes in looking for information about the other girl in the picture who isn't Whitney so he shows the picture to the receptionist is like I know this girl is Whitney Russell can you tell me the name of this girl in this picture and the receptionist is like, I know who she is, but I'm not telling you, you strange man. He came in and was like, I'm a private detective. Handed her like some bogus ass badge. Yeah. Private detectives don't have badges. No. <sighs> and she and she did all the right things. Yes, she was she like, did. no. And he was like, well, can, is there a yearbook I can look at? Blah, blah, blah. She was like, yeah, I have pictures. We have pictures in yearbooks and shit, but I can't show them to you. Yeah. She's like, without parental consent, I cannot help you because our job is to protect children who go to school here you're at a you're at a school yeah oh i can't stand him and you know up until now we haven't seen any of the kids at school because it was summertime like six days ago it was july (laughs) anyway that's neither here nor there so we haven't seen them at school so the frank and whitney stuff like we know how old they are but it's a little bit more palatable because it's like maybe he doesn't know that she's in high school. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah. a little bit more. But now he's literally stalking her at her high school. Right. It was so bad before and it's even worse now. Well, it's the thing. It's like you're seeing it, right? Seeing is believing. Like we, yeah. we now see a grown man enter a school and we have an administrator at that school saying no. You don't get to ask this information, and I'm not going to tell you this information because our job is to protect these students. Yeah. And you have no business being here, which is nice because we have been saying that for a while. Yeah. And it's just nice to see that reflected because it is really fucked up. It is. It is. So she leaves her desk. He le- he goes out. He's like, I understand. He's got a real nasty attitude, though. Yeah. He's horrible. 
Yeah, he's all, I like... I hate him. Arrogant and pretentious and, like, I'm a private investigator, no- so you, so I should be allowed to do whatever I want whenever I want. For no reason. This unearned confidence. Yeah. Because you haven't solved anything. You haven't figured anything out. Everything's been in your face and you haven't figured shit out. And you've been fired, like, I don't know, four times. The family has repeatedly told him to, like, call off the dogs, basically. And he's just like, no, nah, I'm good. I can't stand people with unearned confidence. Like, why, why are you so confident? Oof. Why are you so confident? What have you accomplished? Why are you so proud yeah. of yourself? I can't stand that shit. It's like this weird superiority complex that's the opposite of... Um, imposter syndrome. Thank it's you. the opposite of imposter syndrome. Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, it is. Like, I don't know. I'm very qualified to do certain things and I often feel in those situations that I don't know enough even though I very clearly do yeah you know it's uh, yeah this unearned confidence I have no qualifications and yet I feel like I should be great at this thing it'd be like me walking into an operating theater and being like yeah I can certainly do brain surgery (laughs) I'm definitely a neurosurgeon says the girl with like two music degrees I can you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) I've watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy (laughs) Oh my gosh. No. So the the receptionist tells him, no, I can't give you any information. And he leaves with his fucking stank attitude. Mm. And then she leaves the office and he promptly runs back into this office and he doesn't have to search. Okay. So this is one of my issues. Some things they drag out for so long and some things just get fully rushed. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, he happened to go directly to where the yearbooks are and open directly to where Teresa is in the book. Mm -hmm. It was so fast. He didn't have to do any research. It's like that thing where characters are watching TV and then the news comes on. It's like, we're going to interrupt this this uh, broadcast to show blah, blah, blah. And then they show them, like, relevant information. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. Ugh, this is so rushed. It's just that one of those television tropes, it I was, think. It's just that everything gets so... Other things get so dragged out, yeah. you know? And, like, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting through this, but it also is extremely lazy. Yeah. It's extremely lazy. they didn't do any writing on this they were like we're gonna wrap this up (laughs) thankfully i'm glad they're gonna wrap this up i'm tired of this we're gonna wrap this up so frank opens the yearbook sees whitney and like says something gross about her picture like oh what a sweet looking girl exactly what he says i wrote it down because it was made me want to vomit. and then the very next picture is Teresa lopez fitzgerald and he's like that's the girl in the picture and he still seems confused okay so this is what he said and then i'm gonna break down what i think he meant so he says they have the same name but they can't be the same girl so i think it was like he was working it out and then had that light bulb moment, but like he was still in the middle of a sentence. You know what I mean? So when he said, you know, they have the same name, but, and then he was still thinking about it. And then his mouth said, be the same girl, but the light bulb went off. So he figured it out, but his delivery wasn't good. And how many <laughs> Teresa Lopez Fitzgeralds can there be in this town of 800 people? 799. <laughs> the other one is Whitney. <laughs> everybody, everybody is named Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. Ugh. Just like Danville, where the fire was happening. Everyone was named Dan. Okay, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> no. So he's kind of getting it figured out, I guess. But then he starts roaming the halls of this high school. Uh, he sta- he yeah. talks to a student 
a guy who's a student, he says, do you know where I can find Teresa? And he's like, no, she's super hot, but uh, I don't know where she is. But you know who could help you find her is her best friend, Whitney. And he, so then he starts roaming the halls of this fucking high school. Mm-hmm. And while he's searching for Teresa, Whitney and Kay and Simone have a conversation in the hallway where yeah. they talk about. So Whitney has realized that she lost that picture and she's like a little upset about it, but it's not a big deal for her. And then she runs into Kay and Simone and Kay's like, Whitney, I got to ask you what the fuck's going on with Teresa? Because I heard she was spotted in like a really ugly, plain outfit. And Simone pulls Whitney aside and is like, you know, does this have to do with that P.I. and how you told me to keep my mouth shut? And now Teresa's being spotted wearing, like, this weird outfit. What's going on with that? And Whitney's like, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. I love you. See you after class. (laughs) Yeah. They have, like, a sweet little moment, Whitney and Simone. Mm -hmm. It's actually nice to see these two sisters interact with each other in kind of a nice way after we've seen so much of Kay and Jessica. I don't know. I agree. She, like, grabs her, hugs her, they grab, they link arms and smile and walk off to class together. It's like, I don't know, it's sweet. It was a sweet moment that I noticed. It was nice. No, I I felt the same. So, Kay is lingering at her locker, who prowls up to her. The teenage stalker himself. The teenager stalker. Frank Lomax. Frank Lomax. I can't stand him. (laughs) I can't wait for this to be over. Me too. And, of course, Kay spills everything. She spills the beans. Well, as much as she can. Well, yeah, she tells him everything. Yeah. She just, without any without any real prompting. Yeah, she just, like, wants to she's gossip. Just, she's she, just talking to a strange man at her high school. Yeah. yeah he doesn't say I'm a P.I. or no. anything like that. He's just like, tell me about Teresa. She's like, well, let me tell you about <laughs> Teresa. This girl is really beautiful, but everyone says that she's wearing ugly clothes. And I know she arranged her schedule because she's working for some, like, rich people in the in the afternoon. So she, or in the morning, and then she comes to school in the afternoon. And, like, she just keeps going on and on about Teresa. Yeah. And Lomax is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, that I was, because earlier on in the episode, I was like, Teresa's at the Crane Mansion, but everybody else is at school. Why isn't Teresa at school? And never in my life. Have I heard of people being able to arrange their schedule to at at a high school to work outside outside of the school? You can arrange your schedule to like take college classes on a different campus, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or you can arrange your schedule like maybe you have one free period, but never and you have to be at school for it. Well, never have I yeah. ever ever heard of you can come to school in the afternoon. And maybe that's a thing, but I've never heard of that. So I've heard of people having, like, their last period is, like, a free period. And if you're, like, a senior, then you get you to can, go home yeah. early, something like that. So I don't know if maybe... Or maybe they managed to work it into, like, a work-study thing for, like, I don't know, home ec or business or because something. Because legally, legally, she yeah. has to go to school for a certain amount of hours. Yeah. By I, law. I don't know. So I like I just don't know how that computes. Yeah, I, I just okay. It, again, it was kind of lazy writing. Yeah. yeah, where they're just like, eh. yeah, they're like, how do we make sure it's okay that Teresa's here when everybody else is at school? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll write this high school like it's a college. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, so Kay tells Lomax everything, and then as I guess. I don't know, was it a period later? Because the hallway was empty, and it was Lomax and Kay. This And then five seconds later, the hallway is full of students. This episode moved 
at the the pace of a fucking cheetah. Like the <laughs> the the time in this day is moving so fucking rapidly. It's insane. It's just interesting because we spent like 30 episodes in one night. And now and now we got through the whole first half of the day in one episode. Like yeah. we went from morning to like four o'clock, four PM. Whatever no time they get out of it. school. I have no problem with it. I would prefer if we kept up this pace. <laughs> Honestly. It feels so fast because we came off the longest night in harmony. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a normal pace. Yeah. So I guess it's later in the day and uh, Lomax is still prowling around the hallway because look, he's not a P.I. He's a fucking pedophile. Yeah. He's and a he's predator. Just, he's a predator and he's watching all these kids. Because he knows where to go, he knows who to call, but instead he walks around the halls and waits until he runs into Whitney, which they do, comically run directly into each other. <laughs> and he stops her, he goes, oh, you know, I was almost convinced you'd stop lying to me until I found this. <laughs> he shows her that picture. She's like, that's where my picture went. You stole it from me? <laughs> and then he keeps it. He doesn't return it. He puts, yeah, it, he puts back it back in, in his, his pocket. pocket. I would have taken it from him if I were yeah. her. I also would have like called the principal and been like, this man is harassing me. Yeah. He's on school grounds. He shouldn't be here. He should. How is he just wandering the halls of this school? Yeah. You'd think a teacher would have spotted a strange adult and been like, can I help you? Yeah. You can't be here, sir. Oh, God. So anyway, he's confronted Whitney. He tells her that I am... He understands why she risks everything. Her family's reputation, her own personal safety. You know, he's like, you're protecting your best friend. And then I missed the next part. <laughs> I stopped paying attention. I, I literally, the only note I wrote about this interaction was, he bumps into Whitney and tells her he knows everything, which is basically what happens. Yeah. And then Whitney goes back into the receptionist's office and she says, can I use the phone? It's, it's an emergency because she wants to call and warn Teresa. Mm. But the receptionist is like, no, get to class. <laughs> no, you can't use the phone. So then she borrows somebody's cell phone yeah. and calls Teresa. So let's let's head over to the Crane Mansion and see what's going on over there with those, with our lovable lunatic. Our lovable lunatic, Teresa. And she did not disappoint this episode. She, she never does. She never, she never disappoints. She's a real one. She's pure entertainment. That actress is so great. Lindsay. Too. Her name is Lindsay something. I don't know. Uh, it's Lindsay something. But yeah, she's oh, she's so beautiful. She is. They, again, everybody in this show is gorgeous. It's when so Ivy came on screen, Latara's like, oh, the most beautiful woman. Ivy is so statuesque, so just like poised and put together her hair is even though it's like 90s hair it's still beautiful it's, she just looks good <laughs> she just looks like she's about her fucking business yeah she has such confidence about her i love ivy crane i love ivy crane <laughs> I love she, how much you love Ivy Crane. She does. She does some crazy shit later, but I can't wait. She, and she already has done crazy shit. Remember when she pulled out that gun yes, full of yes. blanks and shot at her husband and his lover? Yes. I, I mean, what? So anyway, all right, we're going to the Crane Mansion. We're going to the Crane Mansion now. Remember, Ethan has 
sprained his ankle. He's laid up in bed and he's on some pain medication. And I think it was causing to have some like loopy dreams where he, he sees his stalker. He doesn't know that it's Teresa in his dream. And she he thinks that she's coming after him with an axe. And then in real life, he reaches out and grabs Teresa in disguise's arm because she's there to help him. So that's where we interrupt, basically, at this point in the show. So Ethan, still half asleep, accuses Teresa of being the stalker. And I think he's still kind of, like, groggy, mm-hmm, still a absolutely. little bit confused. And Teresa's like, what? No, you don't understand. It was all an accident. She starts to, like, kind of explain things, but he's so out of it, I don't think it's computing yet. Yeah, and she's trying to get away from him, but he, like, pulls her onto his body, (laughs) and she's literally on top of him, like, in, like, missionary position. I guess the reverse missionary. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) A woman on top. Yeah. She's literally, like, just on top of him, laying on top of him, face to face, (laughs) her hand like on his hands it was all very sexual and but her legs aren't spread his legs are straight and her legs are straight yeah they're she's laying just, on top of each other planking like, on top of him like they're like an making like an equal sign yeah <laughs> parallel lines but oh, jesus she's on top of him and he finally kind of comes to and he apologizes but she doesn't get up they just lay there because they love each other so much. They just lay there. Any excuse to be close. And he's just like, oh, I'm sorry. And they're having like a full-blown conversation with her face in his face. They're four inches away from each other's face. Absurd. And let us not forget that she is also a, a child. child. <laughs> she is also a student at the local high school. Anyway, she finally tries to get up, but her necklace has gotten caught in his buttons. Is flimsy. And so she's, she's like, attached to him. And her necklace is a long, it's a long chain. So she easily could have taken it off over her head. Yeah. That's what I saw. I was like, take it off. Yeah. Just take it off and get the fuck up. Again, it's an excuse to be near each other. That's she, what it is. So she's trying to get her chain off and... <sighs> what happens? Outside of this room, Ivy and Gwen are having a conversation about Gwen marrying Ethan. That's it. That's all you need to know. They're just mm-hmm. having a conversation and Ivy's just like... I'm losing my patience. Marry my marry my son now, please. <laughs> and then they enter the room and happen upon this scene of Teresa just laying on top of Ethan. Doesn't look good. And it's- Gwen is pissed. <laughs> pissed. Her face cracked me up through this entire scene. She cracked me all the way up. She it was like angry but also pouting and also like just boiling inside but trying to keep it together because these two are in a compromising position at oh, yeah. best. It looks terrible. It looks really, really bad. The cringe. Oh. The cringiness. Oh, I was like, oh, I know they're going to walk in on them, but I really yeah. hope they don't. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And they quickly explain the situation. Ivy helps untangle the necklace. Gwen immediately sits on the bed to, like, claim her territory. Teresa finally hops up, but Ethan keeps, like, grabbing her hand. He keeps grabbing her hand to apologize to her. And each time she just, like, gets a little bit more, like, <gasps> flustered. Like, oh, he loves me, right? In and her Gwen head. gets a little bit more. <laughs> she starts, like, scooting closer and closer to him on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, getting angrier and angrier. Her face is like if she had sour patch kids in her mouth mm. and like th- but they never got sweet mm. like, you know they start out sour and then they get sweet no these, she just had sour patch kids in her mouth and she just 
And she really, she was really not liking this. Eventually, she gets so fed up, she just leans over and kisses him square on the lips in front of his mother and Teresa because she's so intimidated by this and, and very upset. And let's not forget the night before the movie theater incident happened where mm-hmm. he, he was had his hand around and was holding hands with and kissing somebody else. And he recited that whole poem to the chicken girl. Right. Like, <laughs> Gwen is in like and the first day in Harmony he proposed to her and she like turned him down so now she's just like really panicking like did I miss my chance and now I'm watching him constantly flirt with other women oh Gwen oh I can't wait for you to meet Gwen's mother the Hotchkiss matriarch so, yeah, they finally get Teresa up off of Ethan. And he's apologizing to her, keeps grabbing her hand. She and Ivy leave the room. Mm-hmm. Ivy kind of ushers her out so that Gwen and Ethan can have a conversation. And Ivy's like, hopefully about a wedding. <laughs> hopefully you, you two are talking about a wedding. And so they leave. And Ivy says to Teresa, oh, there's a dress I want you to look at for this benefit. I'll go get it. I'll meet you downstairs. And so Teresa's just out in the hallway dancing to the music in her fucking head. <laughs> Literally dancing like a waltz in her head. It's amazing. Oh, shit, it was, I forget what the I music figured, was. It was very famous Blue. music. Yeah. It's very famous music, but I can't remember what it was. So <laughs> she's dancing around and then she kind of stumbles and kind of falls up against the door and stops herself. But the door... To Ethan's room kind of props open a little bit and she overhears the conversation between Ethan and Gwen what are they talking about I don't know okay <laughs> so once I, I'm sorry it's okay so once Ivy and Teresa leave and Teresa's outside doing her little dance inside the room Ethan and Gwen are having a conversation Gwen is upset at Ethan and rightfully so honestly like anyway so he's like you are you really worried about Teresa? I'm I'm only in love with you and only attracted to you and you're the only woman for me, blah, blah, blah. And there's no other girl who even compares to you, all of this stuff. And she's like, well, that girl's got eyes for you. And he's like, no, she doesn't. He doesn't believe it. And she's mm-hmm. like, she does. Yes, she does. And I'm telling you right now that it's going to be a problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. And he starts to kind of flatter her, and you're so beautiful in your eyes, blah, blah, blah. And he says, but there is something about her eyes, Teresa's eyes. And Gwen's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, not like that, not what you think, but something about her eyes just keep nagging me. It's in the back of my head, and there's something so familiar about her. And Gwen's like, but I thought you said it was because she's Pilar's daughter, and she looks so much like Pilar. And he's like, yeah. That's not quite it. I just, I can't put my finger on it, but he can't put his finger on it. He can't. He put his, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) His whole body was on it, but okay. So they're having this conversation and Teresa overhears the end of it where Ethan goes, she's from the wrong side of the tracks, basically. Mm -hmm. She, I, I could never be interested in her because we're not from the same social class. We have di- completely different backgrounds. You have nothing to worry about. Teresa overhears that and is devastated. Honestly, I get it. Mm-hmm. How many times can she hear the same conversation before it finally sinks in, you know? Well, but also, to be to be fair to Teresa, Ethan is slightly leading her on in some ways. Like, 
the thing with her on top of him, mm-hmm. then he kept grabbing her hand, mm-hmm. he keeps saying shit about her eyes, like, he, 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 and she is, like, 17. Yeah. And he is her crush. So, on the one hand, Teresa's a lunatic. On the other hand, Ethan's not helping matters. That's fair. He's not. I, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't know because he is extremely daft. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't know that she has feelings for him. Or at least he's, like, hiding it. I don't know. She's very... She's not open, but she's very, like, kind of flirty. I mean, it hasn't happened to me much. But I always knew when there was, like, a person who, like, had a little bit of a crush. Yeah. And just hadn't said it to me. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. You know what? Now that I think of, I'm thinking about it, there was this one time that this guy I kind of liked, I had a crush on him, and we were having a conversation. We were working together at the time, and we were having this conversation, and I was telling him about how I liked going fishing, and he was like, oh, we should go fishing sometime? And honestly, I literally was just like, <laughs> this man is not interested in me. Like, like I, it just never even crossed my mind. Like, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And he was like, yo, what, you sh- he, we wanted, sh- he was like, we should get together. And he wanted we should to take you on a fishing he date. He wanted to take me on a fishing date. And it, it literally, I got in my car. It was like the end of our shift. I got in my car. I started to drive away. And I was like, God damn it. He was trying to ask me out. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was trying was. to ask me out. And I was like, oh, my God. Because it was, it was such a roundabout kind of thing. Yeah. And I just didn't think he would have any interest in me at all. So I had put that out of my mind completely. Mm. So I, that's just not where my head was. So that has happened to me where somebody really truly was hitting on me and wanted to, was trying to ask me out and I kind of shut him down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone that you like. Latara. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of shut him all the way down to be honest. <laughs> well, you said, yeah, we can go on a, we can go fishing. Oh, well, I, I think I said it like jokingly, like, yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. You really, he asked you out and you, you made fun and of him. turned him down. You laughed at him. I rejected him. <laughs> and that's why I'm single. <laughs> Reasons why I'm single. Yeah, no, that happened to me. So oh, anyway, no. let's finish this up because it's getting sweltering it's in here. It's very warm. It's 100 degrees here today. No exaggeration. And we have turned off our AC. Whew. So let's finish this All right. Shit. So Teresa goes downstairs. She's devastated by the conversation she's just overheard. And she like... Picks up a silver plate and holds it up like a mirror, but it it distorts her features, so she looks like Shrek. (laughs) And she has a moment. She's sobbing. She is really upset about what Ethan said. She's like, this is a ridiculous ruse. I need to, I have to get out of this. Like, what the fuck am I doing, basically? she, She holds up the little silver plate, looks at herself and goes... He sees you, but he doesn't see you. Right. <laughs> like in, uh, Av- not Avatar. What's that movie with Zo- uh, Zoe Saldana and they're all blue? Is that Avatar? That's Avatar. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's like their way of saying I love you is I see you. I see you. I don't remember. I don't care for that movie that That's much. the only part I remember. So many people loved it. And I yeah. was like, this is fine. Aren't they making like nine more? When? When are they going to make them? I mean, that movie came out a, lo- a decade ago. I know, but I, th- I thought that they were going to make a bunch. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, let's finish this. <laughs> it does not matter. Stop talking, Laura. I'm sorry. It's my fault. I keep bringing things up. Okay. So Ivy comes in t- with the dress that she wants Teresa to look at, sees her crying and sobbing, and Teresa's like, I can't work for you anymore. And Ivy's like, why? 
Why though? Tell me what's going on. This job is perfect for you. This is perfect for your dreams, your ambitions, your talents. Like why, why? And Teresa's like, I love this job, but I can't stay. And Ivy suspects it's because her son kind of harassed mm-hmm, Teresa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she tries to smooth it over and be like, well, he, Ethan accidentally pulled you into the bed. Like, I am so sorry, but if that's what this is about, like, we can work it out. And Teresa's like, no, I I can't do this. She sticks to her guns. Yeah, impressively. My girl, she sticks to her guns. She's, she's really going to quit this job. And then the phone rings. Ring, ring. And Ivy picks up her own phone. <laughs> She's like, Crane residence. And Whitney's like, oh, yeah, hi. Can I talk to Teresa? It's like, okay, I guess I'm going to let you take this phone call. And what does Whitney say to Teresa? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. So <laughs> I'm going to make you do all the work today. That's fine. So Whitney gets on the phone with Teresa. And instead of immediately saying, get out of there. Frank's on his way. He has figured it out. She's just like, Teresa, you got to leave that house. You got to leave. And Teresa says to Whitney, she's like, don't worry, Whitney, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm on my way out of here. And she hangs up the phone and Whitney's like, Oh, I didn't get a chance to warn her about Frank. It's like, yeah, you should have led with that. You yeah. buried the lead. Should have led with it. Mm-hmm. But so Teresa doesn't know that she's in danger, girl. She's in a lot of danger. Yeah. So she, apologizes for taking a personal call in the middle of quitting her job. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just going to go upstairs and get myself together and then I'll I'll see myself out. And Ivy's like, okay. Yeah. Like, she's very confused. <laughs> Teresa walks up the stairs morosely. She heads up the stairs and then the doorbell rings. Ring, and, ring. And it's Frank Lomax. And on the on his way up to the fr- to the Crane Mansion, he was like, walking up talking to himself and he's like get ready Teresa you're about to be blown out of the water (laughs) (laughs) I laughed I thought that was so funny blown out of the water I love it I also loved Ivy's line as she goes to answer the door she's like have I no staff left yeah (laughs) she has I have to answer my own phone and my own front door yeah so he comes in and he tells her straight out he's like I found your stalker and your stalker is still in harmony. And in fact, she's in your house right now. And you would think it was going to like, we were going to stop there. But no, he kept on going. He was like, Teresa is your stalker. End of episode. It was great. It was fantastic. It was great. But before we end this, we actually have to return to the hospital, remember? Ugh, yeah. So we'll do this really quickly. Because, ugh. Fuck K. That's all I have to say. K sucks. K sucks. So we're back at the hospital, and Miguel is sitting at Charity's bed, and he says, please wake up, Charity. He holds her hand. Open your eyes. Talk to me. And, I was, and she opens her fucking eyes, and I was like, oh, my God. It worked. She opened her eyes, and then, boom, it's a dream. They fucking got me. They really got you. They got me. They got you because they made it look very real. A lot of times those dreams are so ridiculous, yeah. and they have, like, that little haze around them. Yeah. No, no he was just dreaming. It fucking got me because I, I was sitting here. I was like, what the hell? Like, they're not going to drag this out. I thought for sure she'd be unconscious for many, many episodes. Like, what's going on? And then, boom, it's a fucking dream. Yeah. So he wakes up to reality, and what happens? Well, she won't wake up. He talks to her some more. She won't wake up. And then Kay and Simone come in with his work from school because it's been a full school day now. Great. Good. (laughs) And 
I, this is where I didn't really take notes. Oh, okay. So I don't know what they talked about, really. I, I don't know. You take it. Okay, so basically, uh, the girls have come in to drop off his assignments for school, and he tells them, I'm so concerned about her. The oxygen that she's on is the only thing keeping her alive right now. Um, and then he has to run, like, a quick errand and asks Simone to come with him, but asks Kay, his good buddy old pal Kay, to stay with Charity and make sure that she's all right. And and uh, he and Simone head out, and Kay walks over and kind of touches the oxygen, like, levels, just to see what's going on there. And I don't want to think that Kay is actually going to do anything to kill Charity, but Kay might do something. Kay might do something. I. We also know that Tabitha's coming. Sorry, I just interrupted no, you. I have a feeling that she's going to think about doing it. I have a feeling she's going to move in the direction of doing it, be hesitant about it, and then be interrupted. Yeah. I can see that happening. I can also see, because Tabitha is going to come in, I can see maybe some shenanigans with her and Tabitha. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean... Charity's not going to die. No. I know that because it's Miguel's love interest. So, so yeah. That's it. Episode 55. A lot happened. I love this pace. Please keep it up, passions. Yeah. All right. So now we want to share with you guys a new podcast we learned about. Yeah. It is called Peer 54 Podcast. And there are two hosts, Amanda and Shannon. And similar to what we do... They talk about their favorite soap opera, which is General Hospital. So these two friends talk about the show. They do two episodes a week. One episode a week, they do a weekly recap. And then the other episode, they do like a deep dive into something General Hospital. So, yeah, so that you get like some, some real expertise. Yeah. Good good for them. I know. They do some, like, research. It's, uh, yeah. We, I'm too lazy for that shit. I barely take notes. <laughs> so now we're going to play a little bit of their podcast for you. Take a listen. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Welcome back. We're back. We're back, <laughs> back, back. We're back with episode 56. Yep, we're I back with I liked it. Uh, yeah, 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 I liked it. I know that nothing really happened, but I enjoyed it. A few things happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it wasn't boring. Yeah. Things happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Got some, some Tabitha and Timmy. Some Teresa. Yep. Some Faith and Grace. Well, not no Faith. Well, yeah. <laughs> Just Grace. Yeah. I guess she plays both, so Faith and Grace. <laughs> I need to learn that actress's name. Yeah. I don't know. But this episode opens up at Tabitha's house very quickly 
where she's smothering Timmy with a pillow. Right. Just showing Timmy how she's going to get rid of Charity. She's mm-hmm. like, this is my plan. Ha, 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 ha. She's just laughing like a witch and smothering Timmy. She finally pulls it away, and he's like, you could have killed Timmy. And she, she's like, no, I couldn't. She's like, you don't have lungs. <laughs> she's like, you have packing peanuts for lungs. You're yeah. going to be just fine. Yeah. So Timmy and Tabitha talk about murdering Charity. That's what I wrote, because that's what happens. Yeah, that's it. And Tabitha kind of complains that she has to use an antiquated method of extinguishing a life, because she's used to like using her powers. But it sounds like her standard approach is to turn into a hellhound, start a fire, and then be done with it. So it's not like she's really using magic the way I would expect her to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. She's all over the place, this one. She is. She really is. Yeah. But she then talks to Timmy and just recounts what happened the night before. She says, she talks about turning into a hound and she talks about the showdown with Father Lonigan and she talks mm-hmm. about how those are the things that really took a, took a lot of power out of her and took it out of her and that's mm-hmm. why she has to resort to these old, the old ways. The, <laughs> the old ways. Yeah, and then she, uh, or, and then Timmy asks, is there a plan B? Like, what if this doesn't work? And Tapto's like, no, there's no plan B. There's not enough room on Earth for all of us, and we've got to take out Charity. We think we got Faith. We definitely have to get Charity. Yeah. So, she... Heads on to the Heads hospital. over to the hospital to kill Charity. She heads off to, <laughs> to kill Charity. So let's go to the hospital, because some shit's happening sure. at the hospital. Like... <laughs> You will recall that Kay has walked into Charity's room where the oxygen is like the only thing keeping Charity alive. Miguel made a point to tell Kay that before he left. He was like, can you stay with her and just keep an eye on her? And, you know, the oxygen's the only thing keeping her alive. And then the camera like zooms over to the little <laughs> oxygen gauge. And we open this scene with Kay just like running her hand down the oxygen machine, just like caressing it as if she's going to do something to it. And she says more awful things. And I didn't think they could get worse, but they did. Because she tells comatose charity. You know, I don't have anything against her. You know, not really. If it weren't for the fact that you had fallen for Miguel, maybe we could have been friends. And then she's like, well, maybe not. But you know what I mean? She just says horrible, horrible things. Yeah, she says, well, you know, if you hadn't fallen for Miguel, I would have prayed for your recovery. I would have prayed for you and your mom to... To not have died, for your mom not to have died in that fire. It's like, yeah. what? But since you do love Miguel, I'm not going to pray for your recovery. I'm not going to pray over my my dead aunt. I mean, yeah. she's awful. She goes, it's not like I want you to die. I just want you to disappear from our lives forever. The question is, how does that happen? I wrote down the exact same line. Because <laughs> it was so heinous. heinous. <laughs> yeah. We use the exact same word, too. Heinous. She's horrible. She's horrible. And her reasoning is, he's my life. You may think that you need him, but I need him more. That's the reasoning. Yeah, she's like, I will, I couldn't live my life without him. That Basically, she'll kill herself. It doesn't hold any water. That's ridiculous. No, it's absurd. It's absurd because you don't have Miguel now. Yeah. You haven't had him ever. Not ever. Not you've been, one And you've time. been waking up every day perfectly <laughs> fine without Miguel. Unlike Charity. <laughs> I don't mean that as a joke, but like, <laughs> but really. Charity's not waking up. She's not waking up. So Tabitha shows up to the hospital, right? Oh. And she looks through the window and sees that Kay is in Charity's room. And she thinks she's been thwarted, right? She's mm-hmm. like, ah, that brat. And then 
then Tabitha kind of like pops her head in so that she can eavesdrop on what Kay is saying. And she overhears Kay saying to Charity that she made a deal with the devil. She says, I made a, I even made a deal with the devil that he could have my soul as long as I could have Miguel. Oh, and so I think Tab was like slightly elated at this. She's like, ooh, another witch, another evil person in the midst I wasn't sure if Tabitha was excited because Kay is also evil or if Tabitha was excited because she could exploit this because she has her friend. Well, they're gone now, but she used to have friends in the basement. So like, can she talk to the devil and uphold this deal situation? Like, is she going to operate through Kay? I think it's that it's the latter that she can she will be able to use K to her advantage yeah. at, at some point. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. But she knows what K's heart what's in K's heart yeah. now and so yeah, I think she's like, yep, there's another one that I can use and I can and now that she knows that K is in love with Miguel and that that's her whole reason for being and that she is like ready to go all the way to the bad side mm. for, for Miguel, like, she can exploit that. And probably t- help her, try to help her. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? And say, try to help her when in reality she's just turning an agent, an mm. undercover agent for the devil. For the devil. <laughs> oh, my God. As Tabitha's observing this, Kay seems to wrestle with the idea of turning off Charity's oxygen. She doesn't get up, but she's just sitting there having this conversation with herself. And she's just like, I can't believe I'm even thinking these things. I just have to let nature take its course. Right. Which is awful. It is awful. It is awful. And honestly, when she said, I have to let nature take its course, I thought for a second that she was going to turn off her oxygen. Mm -hmm. Because that would be letting nature take its course. Mm -hmm. You know? So. (sighs) Well, Tabitha preys on the situation because she comes in. And she really heavy-handedly starts to hint that Charity probably won't survive. Oh, I've seen cases like this before. And, you know, from the looks of it, she's barely hanging on by a thread. Yeah. And Kay is way too interested in the fact that Charity could go at any time. You know what I mean? She even asks, so she could go at any time? She really wants Charity to die. She wants Charity to die. She's... Not saying it explicitly like, I want you to die. But she's saying everything else but. You know what I mean? Because she does go so far to say, it's not like I want you to die. But but I want you to die. But it would be good for me if you did. Basically is what how she feels. Yeah. And she's awful. She's also never explicitly said, I don't want you to die. Please stay alive. You know what I mean? She's dancing around it the way that Trump dances around everything that comes out of his stupid mouth. And you can cut that if you want. But... I mean, whatever. But I think we should all, we all know that (laughs) We all know what we think. We all know what's going on here in the world. But, like, honestly, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, instead of denouncing an awful thing, you just don't say that it's awful. You know what I mean? It's it's the same kind of, it's the same, it's the same fucking wordplay. Yeah. So, what happens next? So, Tabitha convinces Kay to leave. She's like, oh, have you been here for a long time? I'll bet you're hungry. You should go to the cafeteria and grab a bite. And I'll look after Charity while you're gone. It'll be okay. Don't worry. So, Ta- so Kay leaves. Tabitha closes all the blinds. And she mm-hmm. says, alone at last. Yep. And she delicately removes Charity's oxygen mask. And then very indelicately yanks the pillow out from behind her head. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Poor Charity, her head thunks down, 
And Tabitha starts to smother her. Yep, she proceeds to murder Charity, yeah. as she said she would. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tabitha is not all talk, this woman. She's all about actions. That's true. She 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 puts together good action steps. <laughs> like she does. She's like, I'm going to do this thing. She's very task-oriented. She go- and she does it. She's about that life. I. <laughs> it's horrible, but it's also... I mean, it's hilarious. Like, I knew she wasn't going to kill Charity. Right. And it was so silly. Yeah. <sighs> we show. can't We can't kill Charity and and have Faith disappear. You know not what I mean? Not at the same like, time, Not at the anyway. same time. That does, that's not going to work. So, anyway, while she's smothering Charity, she can hear Grace, Sam, and Kay out in the hallway talking. And Grace and Sam have come from Castleton. So, should we go to Castleton and say what happened over there? Yeah. Let's go over there, and then we'll come back to the hospital. Sure. So at Castleton, Grace and Sam are walking around the remains of the house. They're at the burn site. And just a quick comment about costuming. They put Grace in, like, oversized kind of brown duddy clothing and it really made her look very small and very vulnerable and I just yeah. I I noticed that she just looked so small really yeah to me like she looked different than she normally does and I thought it was like a really interesting costuming choice that hmm. worked really well hmm. so I just wanted to mention that and then Sam was wearing every dad's sweater yep my dad had that sweater. My dad also had that sweater. Yeah. He was just wearing wearing a very 1999 dad sweater. This is like a forest green sweater with like a darker green like stripe across, with like cr- a cream stripe right across. Just one stripe across. Mm-hmm. A little V-neck action. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was cute. Yeah. It, it was very um, bass, not bass outlet. No, yeah, no, Bass Outlet. Bass Pro Shop? No, Bass Outlet. <laughs> What's no. Bass Outlet? My mom used to shop there. They and Well, me too. She used to take us there. But it's like a place where they sell sweaters and cardigans and shit. Oh, I've never it's heard of it. It's kind of like an L.L. Bean. Okay. It's very similar to L.L. Bean. But it's, like, it's Bass. Okay. So, yeah, they're in Castleton surveying kind of the damage and stuff at Faith's home. And Sam says that the fire inspectors and the police have searched the entire site and there's no sign of Faith or her remains. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to make us believe that the <laughs> fire burned so hot that Faith's entire body was burned up in the flames and there's no remnants of anything left, right? But they're walking around this site and there's planks of wood. Yeah. Bones burn at such a high, high heat. If the wood didn't fucking burn, then Faith's bones would still be there. No. I have listened to and seen enough true crime things to know that that house fire was not enough to turn those bones to dust. Even a crematorium, you still have little pieces. Pieces of bone, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Mm-mm. No, it's absurd. Even though it was aided by magic, there's no way. No, there, no it, way. It's absurd. And also, so what? What prompts this whole conversation is that Grace spots a slipper. Yeah, a shoe that has it's a survived. Shoe that, a shoe that's not burned up. Speaking of LL Bean, it looked like one of those like it, moccasin slippers. It was like a canvas <laughs> shoe, and it has survived the fire. I mean, it's you know charred. But she's like, oh, my God, is that her body underneath of this plank where that shoe is popping out of underneath this, like, um... It was like a tarp. Like a tarp, yeah. It's absurd, because none of these things have burned in the fire. Right. None of these things have burned in the fire, and also, it's been ins- inspected. Exactly. You think they... You think you saw the foot and they didn't? 
Yeah. The fire inspectors missed a whole ass foot. <laughs> a, whole, a whole body. A oh whole ass body. <laughs> she's so absurd. I, I get it, though. She's upset. She's, she's upset and she's hoping for anything. Because she's hoping for some kind of resolution. Even if it's sad, terrible news. She wants to know. You know, she wants to be able to bury her sister and mark her grave. She says that when she's speaking with Sam. Yeah. And she really kind of berates herself because she didn't listen to Faith's warnings that somebody or something was after them. Yeah. And Sam, Sam was like, (laughs) there's no evil to blame. Because she says, why didn't I listen to her when she said that the evil was after her, something was after her. Mm -hmm. And he's not listening to her he's like there's no proof that evil spirits i guess or anything bad has happened i'm like you're standing in the spot where her house used to be yeah but what he says is because grace says um what if this wasn't an accident what if somebody did this on purpose and sam's response is well the fire inspectors believe that it began from a lit candle inside of the house. So there's no evidence of arson, which means that there's nobody to blame. You know what I mean? So that's his reasoning, which I understand, but we saw what happened. So we know, yes, it began with a lit candle because they were in an all-out brawl inside that house. And And it got knocked over. Honestly, no, I don't understand because they spent that whole day with Faith telling them, like, evil is after me. Mm. Evil is after me. Evil is after me. And and she says, like, please don't come out here during at, at night. Like, she says all of these things. I mean, and then her house burns down yeah. immediately after. Mm. And that they they have been trying to keep us apart. Mm-hmm. And they, they succeeded. Like, her house burned down. Yeah, but Sam is a very rational man. I don't care how rational you are. Like, that would be in your head. Yeah, I mean, look, I think he's, he is not, he's only going to look at concrete things. And he's not the kind of man who's going to be thinking about evil and spirits and all this other stuff. I mean, look, I get your point. I'm on board with your point. I hear what you're saying. But I think for Sam's character, he's he doesn't operate that way. Yeah. I'm just, I just think, we heard her say, they. I mean, even if I didn't know what was going on, right? Like, if, even if I didn't know what was going on, and somebody was like, evil is after me, evil is after me, evil is after me, and then their house burned down and their body is nowhere to be found and are presumed dead, I'd probably, I'd probably be like, yeah, okay, it's flimsy, but... I mean, maybe. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You would at least entertain the idea. Absolutely. Yeah, it might sound a little crazy, but uh, I mean, it is an odd coincidence. Yeah. (laughs) But um, anyway, he tries to, I think, lift Grace's spirits. And he says, you know, we don't know what happened to Faith. She may be gone, but Charity is here and she still has a chance. And we have to do everything that we can to help her. She's our future. Charity is our hope. And so they head to the hospital. They head to the hospital where they meet CK. And remember, Tabitha's in Charity's hospital room and overhears them in the hallway. So she is thwarted. She Thwarted. I like she, the way you said that. She puts the pillow back behind Charity's head. And when they come in, she doesn't turn to face them, even though she's in her disguise. Because I'm sure they would have, like, recognized her. Yeah. You know? And they say, oh, how's she doing? And she goes... Hanging in. She's hanging in. And she hurriedly gets out of the room. And Sam hates Tabitha no matter what costume she's in. Because he gives her the most, like, disdainful look. And then after she leaves, he's like, 
who says that? Hanging in? <laughs> what kind of nurse talks that way these days? <laughs> Hanging in? Hanging in. I love how much Sam hates Tabitha. I do too. It's so funny. I do too. Oh. So, anyway, Tabitha has left. Grace and Sam praise Kay for being at Charity's side. They've misinterpreted why she is there utterly. They think she's taken, like, the initiative to be there for her cousin, that she's really worried about her, she wants to look after her, and it's like, that's not what she's doing Mm -hmm. at all. And Grace actually stays with Charity in the room, and Sam walks Kay out to explain what happened at the fire and with the site, and Tabitha is standing behind them, like, listening in. But she's got a chart that she's pretending to look It's through. a manila folder. Yeah. She has a full, a manila, it's just a folder she's yeah. holding up in her It's not, like, anything even in it. She's yeah. just, like, pretending to look through, like, medical records. <laughs> and she's really just kind of inching closer and closer, being very obvious. It's so funny. She's so funny. Yeah. The actress great. is great. So she is surreptitiously spying in the background. And then Grace calls out for Sam and Kay because it looks like Charity might be coming too. Yeah, Grace says, her eyes are moving. Her eyes moved. And it seems like maybe she's waking up. It seems fast. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. It could, e- it could very easily be a false alarm. That's true. It just, yeah. That, yeah, okay. Because it just seems so fast. I mean, the last night in Harmony was so long, everything seems fast, I yeah. think. But also, I yeah, they have to do a certain... I feel like they have to do a certain amount of, like, catching up at this point because they did spend so much time on that one night. Yeah. That now they're just trying to move through some of the shit that we need to get through to move into the next longest night ever. You know what I mean? Like, to get to the next part that's going to last a really long time. This can't last for too long. I guess it can. Sometimes people stay in comas forever. She's not going to be in a coma forever. No, she's not. uh, You know, Sheridan was only in her coma for, like, an episode. She took a nap. That was not a coma. <laughs> she took a nap. That's some bullshit. Okay. So they think Charity's waking up. Kay's, they think Charity's waking up. Kay starts to cry. Yeah. <laughs> Kay has tears coming down her face and Grace looks over at her and is like, "I, you're crying, honey. I know exactly how you feel. You're so happy. I'm so happy, too. Oh, it's like, God. Kay is not happy. Those are tears of sadness. Devastation. And anger. Yeah. You know when you get so mad that you cry? Well, and I, <laughs> oh, yeah, always. That's Kay. Also, I think it might also be that she's crying because she's like, I'm going to have to kill this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what she's going to make me do. I'm going to have to murder her. She's going to turn me into a murderer. Look at what she's going to make me do. The words of a true psychopath. She's horrible. She's so bad. So they call Miguel. So let's go over to the Lopez Fitzgerald home. Sure. Where Miguel is getting ready to leave to go to the hospital to go back to, because he came home to, I guess, get cleaned up, eat, and was heading back to, going to head back to the hospital, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, on his way out of, the ho- out of the house, Whitney shows up. And he's like, I'm sorry, Whitney, I'm on my way out. I'm headed back to the hospital. And Whitney says, oh, well, is Teresa here? And he's like, no, she's not here yet. Not, you know, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> you know, it stops him kind of in his tracks. Yeah. Like, oh, What boy. fresh hell has Teresa unearthed now? Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> so then they have a little conversation about Teresa. So Whitney 
catches Miguel up on the fact that Frank knows that Teresa is the stalker. That's basically the conversation they have in that moment. Yeah. And they both just worry about Teresa because they love her. Everybody loves Teresa. Yeah. They worry about Teresa and they worry about charity together. They yeah. just kind of commiserate a little bit. Yeah, so they just talk about the mess that Teresa's in. And then Miguel, who was on his way out, he goes, oh, you know what? I'm going to grab something I want to take to the hospital. So he goes into his room and comes back with the good luck charm that Charity had given him. It's just a little teddy bear charm or Mm -hmm. whatever. And he says, this is the good luck charm that Charity gave me. Maybe it'll work for her. And so he's going to head to the hospital with it. Mm. And then the phone rings. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Hello. And who is it? Sam! Sam! He's called the Lopez Fitzgerald house to tell Miguel the good news. Um, I think it's a little preemptive, because we don't know if Charity's actually waking up, but Sam has called to say Charity seems to be waking up. Yeah. So Miguel grabs his little charm, he heads off to the hospital, but he turns on his way out and he's like, I am worried about Teresa. If anything happens, will you let me know? And Whitney's like, don't worry, I'll stay here and I will call the hospital if I get any news. Yeah. So Whitney is waiting for Teresa at Teresa's home now. But Teresa is at the Crane Mansion. Mm-hmm. And she's in big, 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 big trouble. <laughs> she's in big trouble, this girl. Ooh. Oh, I love Teresa. Oh, my god! It, it does give me a little anxiety, though, watching it. Like, yeah. I'm just like, how are you going to get out of this? I'm constantly turning to you and saying, how is Teresa going to get out of this one? <gasps> how is she going to get out and of this? And she always finds a way. Whenever you think she's backed into a corner, she emerges victorious. I mean, this girl. She does. Teresa, that's actually a very good point about Teresa almost always emerges victorious. You might think that bitch is down, but she's going to get her ass right back up. (laughs) She's a fighter. She keeps on coming. I'm telling you that right now. (laughs) She keeps on coming for 2,000 episodes. I love (laughs) Teresa. I love Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. (laughs) She's such such a hot mess. Okay, so Teresa's at the Crane Mansion. She has resigned from her job and has gone upstairs and is upstairs just, like, crying in Ivy's bedroom. When she talked to Ivy and quit, she's like, I'm just going to go upstairs and, like, regain my composure and then I'll see myself out. So I just assumed she would, like, go up to the bathroom, splash some water on her face, blow her nose, do what she needed to do. She's in Ivy's room. I think she probably had to grab some things, too. Like, I think she probably had left her purse upstairs or something like that. Like, I think she probably went to go grab her things, Mm. too. Would she leave that in Ivy's room? I guess she's Well, I think she works in Ivy's room a lot. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But she's just in Ivy's room crying, mourning the loss of her hopes and dreams. Yeah. She goes, goodbye, dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and she just, like, caresses a picture of Ethan. <laughs> oh, Ethan, if only you had been able to see me as I really am. Oh. We could have been together, but this isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I love this lunatic. Okay. So, while, while Teresa's upstairs falling to pieces... Frank is downstairs with Ivy Crane, and he remember he has come in and told Ivy what's what. Yeah, He's, he has spilled all tea, all shade. He has told Ivy, Teresa is your stalker. Period. And Ivy says, No, she's not. I trust her implicitly. implicitly. Yeah, she goes at him hard about it. She's Ivy. like, Teresa is more than just my secretary. She's the daughter of my most trusted servant and friend. She's Pilar's daughter. She means a lot to me. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, it's been like two days, lady. Yeah. 
<laughs> but Pilar Relax. has been keeping that family secret for right. like 20 years. Very true. So she, she, I think because of her relationship with Pilar, I think because of that, like, it speaks for Teresa. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Frank is downstairs trying to trying his damnedest to convince Ivy. Mm. But he's not very convincing because he sucks as a person. I just don't like the character or that actor. Yeah. Like the way he delivers all of his lines, it's so obnoxious. The yeah. way he delivers lines is so obnoxious. Like why would anybody trust you? Everything has that na 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 yeah. behind it. Yeah. Every single line that he delivers. I can't stand him. Like did he is his character supposed to be super arrogant? I don't know. Because he comes across that way, but childishly. Yeah. If that makes sense. So he's trying his best to convince Ivy that Teresa's the stalker. And he says, well, call her down here. I can prove to you that she's the stalker. Mm-hmm. So then Ivy pages and calls um, on the f- house phone, I guess, and unsuspecting Teresa. Teresa has no clue that Frank is here. Doesn't know. She calls her down. She says, Teresa, can I see you in the living room, please? Teresa comes down to the living room. Doesn't see Frank. We only see Ivy sitting on the couch, drinking her drink. You know? Yeah, Ivy's so stressed out, she poured herself a brandy. Yeah. A nice, (laughs) stiff drink. A big one. A double. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big drink. And she's sitting on the couch, and Teresa comes down, and Ivy doesn't even say anything to her. Teresa just launches into... Miss Crane, I'm sure that this is about me quitting, and I know that you're probably disappointed in me, but I really can't stay, and I did. I love this job so much, but I'm, and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Ivy says, you know, I don't accept this. Like, yeah. if you love it so much, Teresa, why are you quitting? What is it that you're not telling me? Yeah. She's like, something's missing. And Teresa mm. says... I already told you it's because of school and work and blah, blah, blah. And Ivy goes, basically goes, bullshit. Like, it's got to be something else. I just don't, what are you leaving out? Mm -hmm. And Teresa seems to start to come clean. Like, she wants to do it. You can tell she wants to explain. But she goes, nope, I'm not doing this. She's like, I can't, I just can't tell you. I gotta, I have to leave. So she turns around to go. (laughs) And Frank pops out from behind a chair <laughs> there's like a table and a chair in the corner all the way in the back of the room and he has been hiding behind it behind an armchair again he just pops out everything he does is is something that a child would do i can't stand a full-grown man i cracked up though. popping out from behind a goddamn chair Pop. Are you kidding? Pop goes the P.I. He Pop just goes the low max. I guess we could go weasel because he's such a weasel. Yeah, he is. Pop goes the weasel. He sucks. Anyway. Ugh. What? So he pops out and he goes, <laughs> you're not going anywhere, Teresa. <laughs> he says, you're going to admit it right here and right now that you're the stalker. You're the stalker. I know. I'm trying to That's like. I'm trying to say it the way that he would. <laughs> you're you're the, going to admit it right here and right now that you're the stalker. You're the stalker. <laughs> and then she gives a very good speech about how she could never hurt anybody, and yeah. she's not a stalker. And as far as I know, a stalker is someone who wants to hurt somebody else, and yeah. I never wanted to hurt anybody. And then he goes, so you admit it, you're the stalker. And she's like, I never, I didn't say I was the stalker. I just said that I never want to hurt anybody, and I didn't hurt anybody. All I'm saying is I'm not a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I love Teresa. I love her. And Ivy seems to, like, accept it. Yeah. She's like, see? 
See, Frank, look at this girl. She's great. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, Teresa isn't lying. She's Teresa, not. Teresa, there was no malintent behind anything that she did. It was all accidental. And when you stack it all up, it looks pretty bad. Terrible. <laughs> it looks terrible. But she never actually stalked him. Nah. She never followed him places. Again, it looks terrible, but she, there was no ill will. Yeah. It was all actually completely coincidental. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Poor Teresa. She never stalked him. She never did. I mean, she did have, like, pictures of him up all over her room, so she is, like, obsessed with him, but she didn't stalk him. Yeah. She didn't. Nope. Oh, so, I mean, you know, whatever. But, yeah, her defense was great. She does a good job. I love Teresa. I'm, like, getting chills thinking about it. She's, like, a little defense attorney in the making. Oh, she's she's so good, and she just gets better with age. All right, Teresa. Teresa Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald, hopefully Crane. Add a, a third hyphenated name. We'll there. see, but uh, yeah. So Lomax doesn't buy it. Mm-mm. Well, because he knows that she's the stalker, right? Like he knows it. He's correct. He is correct. But even if he's correct, he's wrong. So I hate Frank him. says, <laughs> you know, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but now I have to expose you for who you really are. And so we thought that he was going to, like, yank off her wig, which yeah. wouldn't do anything because he had already shown Ivy the picture of Teresa right. as regular Teresa. And she was like, yeah, that's what she looked like when she first started the job. So she already knows what Teresa looks like. Yeah. But he's like, what if we bring Ethan down? Ethan will be able to recognize her just in, in seconds. But it's so stupid because Ethan has seen her a million times and has not recognized her. Well, I think he's saying once we, he says once we get up, get her out of this disguise. Oh, okay. yeah. He says once we get her out of this disguise, he'll be able to recognize her immediately as his stalker. Ugh. I love Ivy's defense of the disguise too. She's like, she's a beautiful girl and she knows that she won't be taken seriously. So she's dressed a certain way in order for people to see her in a certain way and mm-hmm. and not just focus on her beauty but instead focus on her work and her ethic yep. you know so i i'm not i see what you like in ivy i'm seeing it love ivy yeah got to love ivy Ugh. honestly ivy and teresa are a lot alike mhm you, you we will find out mm-hmm. yeah all right yeah so Lomax is like, let's call Ethan down. And Teresa's like, no, he has a busted ankle. He stayed home from work because his because he's too fucked up. He's in bed. Why would you call him downstairs to the living room? Yeah. And Ivy's like, fuck it, I'm doing this. Yep. So she, she uses calls the intercom system to get Ethan downstairs. Yep. And I, like, that's where we are with Teresa. Why not just go upstairs? That's what I said. Let's just go upstairs. Three able-bodied people. And instead you... Make the invalid hobble down the stairs. Like, what's that about? Makes any makes no sense. Ugh. But so they call Ethan, and I love this part because Lomax looks Teresa dead in the eyes and he says, "It's jail for you, girl." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so bad. It, it's so bad, and that's basically the end of the episode. But there's we do need to go back to Tabitha's house. Sure, there's a little coda. Yeah, we got to go back to Tabitha's house where. Tabitha has returned home from the hospital and tells Timmy that things didn't go the way she planned at the hospital. You know, (laughs) she's like that Bennett brat was in the hospital room and I wasn't able to finish off charity. And then, and the only, and this is the only reason I really want to come back to this because I want to talk about this. She says when charity wakes up, she'll have her mother's powers. Yeah. I don't understand that. 
I think that was just a really quick way of explaining to audience members who maybe hadn't been following the show that Charity had magic powers and that she'll when she wakes up they'll be there. You know, like I don't I don't actually think that she will magically have powers now that her mother transferred her powers to her. I don't know. I could be wrong. Right. That but that's my question about because Charity already had her own powers in her yeah. own right. So I just don't understand why she would say she would, she'll she have her mother's powers. As if she'll have, like, even more power than she had before. I think she'll have the same powers as her mother, is the idea. Okay. I don't know. I, I, again, I could be wrong. But to me, it just seemed like the quickest way to explain to a new audience member what the situation was. Okay. And then Timmy says, what are we going to do, Tabitha? And, T- and Tabitha goes, escape, Timmy. Escape before it's too late. <laughs> so, I like, but Tabitha's not giving up. No. No. But yeah. Tabitha the mortal. She's a little worried. She's she's having a rough time, this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying Tabitha without powers. Hell yeah. Hell I yeah. I like her more without powers because then she's... She's just a bad guy. She's just a bad guy, yeah. She's just a human around here trying to kill people. Yeah. Which is what she was doing before anyway. She just turned into a dog to do it. You know what I Which mean? Which is absurd. Like, it's just like, that's not magic. I mean, I guess it's magic, but that's not like, do a vada kedavra Yeah, shit, just like You zapper. know, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are, you made a tent disappear. Ugh. Well. I'm never going to come off of that. She made a whole tent disappear. And then the best she could do was turn into a dog. <laughs> and she had to get help from the basement to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's my point. It's like, what the fuck is happening with Tabitha? Yeah. So, that's the end of the episode and the end of our show for today. Yeah. We have anything special to talk about? I don't think so. I don't think so. I guess just uh, follow us on social. We're on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Passions Podcast. You can shoot us an email uh, about your passions origin story at passionspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And please rate, review, and subscribe. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you very much. And here we go. You are my passion for life.